0: And now, it's time for the Shake and Blake Show Live on Wildcat 91.9 i love it. say it one more time Shake and bake! Shake and bake! Shake and bake! It. <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah! It rhymes They're both verbs. Awesome Blake Crawford. The Shake and Blake Bowl It's at Bell Snyder Family Stadium It's just our faces on center field
1: John Grove. I think for K-State In order to be successful, you're gonna have To open up that passing game Bring you all things K-State sports And even
0: more and it's Shakin' Blake pan, 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 pan. Welcome everybody into the shake and Blake show live on Wildcat 91.9. Nine. My name is Blake Crawford alongside John Grill as always. Jonathan, how are you?
1: Hey, say my full name though. I'll take it. For uh, I'm doing good. Uh, as much as you probably don't want me to do this, I just want to touch this, t- try out this bell that that was laying on our desk. See if it works. Is it? Oh that, sounds, it? oh, that sounds. Oh, very satisfying. Very satisfying. Listen,
0: yep. when we debut, when we start the Shake and Blake Podcast Network, and we debut our ASMR pod. We're, we're taking that thing with us. Um, That's right. We break it into the big time. Anyways, if you're first time listening, uh, we're a K-State sports podcast. Again, Blake Crawford alongside John Grove. We've got a great show lined up for you. We're going to give you all the injury updates on every all the injuries that have been happening uh, for this K-State football team. Uh, we got an interview with Daniel Allen, who writes for the Ocali over in Stillwater. He gave us some good insight on um, what Oklahoma State brings to the table. We'll do some Wildcat headlines, talk K-State soccer, you know, who K-State volleyball is playing tonight. And then, as well, talk about the baseball schedule, um, talk some women's basketball as well. And then we'll give our keys to victory and a score prediction for the upcoming game uh, tomorrow on Saturday. Um, now, one thing is missing from the show, John, and that's a men's basketball preview. But mm-hmm. luckily for all of you listening, we've already done a men's basketball preview. You can check it out wherever that's you get right. your podcasts, um, Shake and Blake. Um, we did an hour 15. Uh, you know, we covered all the new transfers, expectations, talked about the schedule. We went, you know, if. Everything you need to know about the men's basketball team—we covered it.
1: We tried putting as many as many topics as we could for First Friday, but basketball, men's basketball, was too much of a load.
0: Oh, I mean, we did an hour fifteen just on that alone, and we got like forty-five minutes on here, so <laughs> we definitely had to um, do it, do that, own show with that uh, within itself. And if you want to know when we're posting new episodes, make sure you're following us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785. Again, that's at ShakenBlake785. And then uh, if you listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, which, based on my analytics, most of you are, uh, if you could leave a review and a rating, that would be much appreciated. Now let's talk K-State, Oklahoma State, Saturday, 2.30 p.m. on Fox. Um, Before we go to Daniel Allen for his insight on Oklahoma State, this is a huge game. I think this is probably the most important game of the season. I think this game is going to decide who goes to Arlington most likely. But it's just such a shame that both teams are so banged up going into this game. We're probably gonna got, not gonna get either team's a game. But you know that's just a product of college football
1: being this late in the season. And you, yeah, exactly. I mean, we we're past the halfway point through the season, and I mean you would anticipate a lot of injury, some injuries to occur eventually on on both football teams, but. I I mean after the TCU game I was not I was not thinking well before the TCU game I was not expecting for possibly the worst case scenario to arrive when it came to the injuries but a lot of the, a lot of the starters went out early some of the second strings went out um, and I mean it still surprises me that we're still one fa- uh, like one and a half favorite uh, according to odds um, because Oklahoma State's also dealing with some of the same issues but they were able to. Uh, get things together uh, and beat Texas last week. Um, so I mean, you you mentioned it. This is a game that uh, the winner of this one will really control their own destiny in the Big 12 race because I think pretty much af- after 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 this game settles, Oklahoma State will have an uh, will have an easy uh, will have an easier stretch because they already finished playing TCU, Texas, and then K State. K-State still has to deal with Texas, but it looks a lot more winnable on paper. Yeah,
0: I mean, let's remember, TCU still undefeated. Oklahoma State and K-State are the only teams with one loss. So if you can have that tiebreaker over um, Oklahoma State, if we hypothetically were to lose another game, if we won this game, that would be a crucial thing that we would need. to be. We'd be able to control our destiny the rest of the way on our path to Arlington. Injuries are the big storyline going into this game. Let's go ahead and cover them, John, um, since they're so pertinent. Um, so Adrian Martinez, obviously, um, Colin Klein said on Thursday he's a game-time decision on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously had some sort of lower body injury that's been lingering for a little while, but just got re against TCU on that first drive. Yeah. Um, Will Howard also went down and went out in the TCU game, but came back in. He should be good to go if he is needed on Saturday. Now, this is, this is the biggest um, loss of um, all the injuries, Don. Daniel Green, doubtful. Um, you know, having losing your middle linebacker most likely is going to be really tough. We'll talk about you know who needs to step up for k State later on in the show, Ben's. But like, let's talk about the people that got hurt, but will probably play. Ben Senate. You know, a great tight end fullback, you know, made some great catches in Oklahoma. Maybe he can do something against Oklahoma State. Julius Branch, Josh Hayes are probable to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's a real what off moment because Julius Branch probably shouldn't have been in that game when Quentin Johnson scored that touchdown. But that's all in the past. And then we obviously – he didn't get injured, John, but we got to mention Khalid Duke will be out for the first half against Oklahoma State with a uh we he got called for targeting in the second half against T C U.
1: And then on the offensive side you you have to point out Deuce Vaughn, looking looking a little bit banged up throughout up the past few weeks, but Colin Klein mentioned that he's looking a little bit healthier than he has in the past few weeks. So uh he said not not too many concerns with him heading on to Saturday, but um, um time will tell. I mean we we saw, we heard the same exact thing heading into the bye week, getting the players rested up didn't work out so well. We'll just see what happens this Saturday. I mean, not
0: even we didn't even talk about Felix and Udike Uzama, who also got a little banged up. I believe he threw up in the middle of the game. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, that that's, that kind of happens in football sometimes. Um, it's just it's, it sounds weird, but I mean, that's just how football is. Um, so now for our Oklahoma State preview, uh, we are fortunate enough to talk with Daniel Allen. John, John's got all, plugs all over the country. Oh, uh, <laughs> He just knows everybody. You,
1: you got the you got the last two call ups. Hey, and
0: huh, listen, I've gotten two. You've gotten two. So I think well, we we've got. We've we uh, got uh, a good compromise. Yeah, here. we've got a good compromise here. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do for Texas. They're just—I mean, John—they're just such a big media corporation as a college that how could we, a lowly show they like have, us ever get a hold have, of them?
1: They have so media, so many <laughs> media outlets. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, but like, you have. I mean, People pointing out is like, oh, Steve Sarkeesian this, oh, Steve Scar- Sarkeesian that, oh, look at Texas and all the injuries. Oh, they he still suck. They're not back. It, it's 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 stuff like that. I mean, they just it's just the media and attention. Yeah. It's just if, crazy.
0: If you ever wonder why Texas is always so high in preseason polls, that's why. Because they have just they just have a sheer huge amount of media outlets.
1: And I guess kind of a good thing from a K-State perspective is that you're not going to be. You're not going to be measured to the way Texas is when they're going to be dealing with so many expectations that they just completely fall flat on their face, Uh, whereas K-State... Like they'll, yeah. they'll they'll be in, their, in in the best range possible yeah. for the anyway, six.
0: We'll find somebody for Texas, hopefully. But anyway, but we'll have plenty of time to make fun of Texas next week. Let's stick let's talk about Oklahoma State. We got to talk to Daniel Allen uh, to help us preview Oklahoma State. He's the sports reporter for the O'Cali. So let's take a sixty second break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Daniel Allen to preview Oklahoma State on the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. <laughs> All right, Daniel Allen joins us, sports reporter for the Ocali. Thank you so much for taking the time, Daniel. Let's go ahead and start here. Could you give us a little bit of a recap of the season you've had so far? Um, expectations were pretty high coming to this season as well. Obviously, you know, you're know you one yard away from a Big 12 title last year, which is pretty heartbreaking. But how would you say the season has gone so far for the Cowboys?
2: Well, um, I mean, I really think to start things off, you know, you're seeing OSU win in Different types of ways than it has in the past, and uh, you know, honestly, a lot different than it has in the past two seasons. You're seeing a lot more 45-41 ball games rather than you know uh, the 17-7 seven ball games everyone was so accustomed to seeing OSU coming out on top of the past two three seasons. Um, you know, it its defense has been shaky, but that was pretty expected. Um, you know, it's young. There's not necessarily a new look roster, but a lot of guys who necess- didn't necessarily get the experience or the surplus of snaps that they did last year like they are this year. Um, You know, Jason Taylor uh, for, you know, for for note and also Corey Black, Jabbar Muhammad. But I think a lot of those guys have really uh, stepped up and embraced the role. You know, I think you're I think you're seeing a uh, I think you've seen the defense grow a lot, especially Um, You know, most notably this past game against Texas, um, Oklahoma State, the only, Texas had 31 points in the first half. Each of them came in uh, each score outside of a, you know, touchdown set up on a spectacular punt return by Xavier Worthy. Three of Texas's four touchdowns came in chunks of 41 yards or more. Most notably, OSU did not give up a single score in the second half. Um, I think you saw Derek Mason pitch in a little bit of a Jim Knowles-esque, if you will. And, um, you know, I I think that's really been the primary issue for OSU, but at the same time, it's a, in a way it's a good, it's a good issue to have uh, because, you know, you continue to see those young guys grow, those inexperienced guys grow as the weeks progress. And, um, you know, you've seen Spencer Sanders have a season like, I mean, I I haven't seen him have a season this good in, in all four years at oklahoma state so far so the offense is rolling um third highest scoring offense nationally if i'm not mistaken i checked earlier today um and you know it's defense has definitely utilized the bend but don't break mentality um and they've done it quite well but uh you know it's been a it's been a rocky season so far a whirlwind but uh it's been fun to watch so
1: and and i guess daniel when when you put that into context on in terms of how rocky it, 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 it has been kind of similar to k-state where both teams have really made tremendous strides trying to make it to arlington and i mean they got some big wins under their belts but at the same time it cost them a lot of injuries as well um do do you have any significant in, uh injury updates on who might play and who won't play in regards uh in, in regards to their status so far well of course brendan
2: evers is out that was a uh, for the osu defense um experience and- you know, in terms of size, that was a big, bloated Cowboy defense. But the OSU handled it pretty well last week against Texas. Um, obviously, Bijan Robinson's a – you know, a, he, he's an exception. But, um, you know, outside of that, they handled Roshan pretty well. They handled the two-headed monster pretty well. Um, Brock Martin, Gundy wouldn't really comment on that. Um, he doesn't really like to – come, and like a lot of head coaches. But Gundy is really a, a – I guess, a prime example of the coach who doesn't like to talk much about injuries, so he's really secretive about that. But, um, you know, Spencer Sanders is going to play. Um, I think everyone can, I mean, probably guess that. Um, Dom Richardson was a little banged up towards the end of the Texas game, but he's expected to play. John Paul Richardson, I saw, you know, practicing and everything, and uh, he, he should play. Um, he got a little banged up at the end of the Texas game. Um, like I said, Brock Martin it's kind of questionable. I think he's a game-time decision. Uh, Preston Wilson probably will not play OSU's he's starting offensive lineman. And um, obviously, Jabbar is expected to play. Jason Taylor, who was, um, it was later clarified as a hyperextended knee, he should play. Um, so, I mean, in terms of significant injuries, that's really, I mean, that's really all I can think of. But most of OSU's players who were either out last week or got injured in last week's game should, probably should play.
0: It's it's definitely a laundry list of injuries for both teams. Um, we obviously know you mentioned Spencer Sanders is going to play, but is that nagging injury that he has still kind of affecting him? Do you think he's like close to hundred percent coming into this game on Saturday?
2: He described himself post game in Texas as about seventy five percent. In um, practice, Gundy's clarified and later added on to that. He's close to about 90%. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've seen it affect him. He was a, I mean, he, he was dressed with the team coming out of the bus at TCU. Um, didn't have any brace on or anything, any extra attire that you'd normally put on an injury. But, um, you know, you definitely saw it affect him a lot against TCU. You saw a lot of Aaron throws that were pretty unorthodox with, you know, how he played all season long. Um, against Texas, he looked a lot better. I um, mean, he made some – I mean, you could still – there. I mean, in hindsight, you could see there was, wasn't really enough, a lot of zip on the ball uh, like it had been in last week um, or last couple of weeks, I guess. But, um, you know, he he definitely made strides against Texas. He'd um, – I mean, you, you saw him have a phenomenal completion percentage make some espe- – like that. Um, on the game-winning drive, I throw to Bryson Green, um, or Blaine Green, rather. Excuse me. I still get those two mixed up. Um, I, that that was a good throw. That was a really good throw. Um, that was fit into a tight window in between Overshone and I believe Jamison. Um, I mean, that's that's a hard do it to fit passes through. I mean, I, it's he, he looked a lot better last week, uh, but I mean, yeah, you, know, you, you could still see the. Shoulder injury or sprain or whatnot. Gundy still hasn't clarified it. Um, Spencer still hasn't clarified it, but under assumption it was likely an arm or shoulder sprain or strain. And uh, you know he, he looks a lot better, like I said. But um, it, I mean, it's he's he's had time to to progress, and uh, I think he should, probably should be good to go.
0: Cool. Um, you talked a little bit about the defense at the start of this, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about that because it's obviously not the defense that Oklahoma State had last year um one of the things I found interesting on uh the like uh advanced analytics comparison from stats of war on Twitter I mean Oklahoma State is like one of the worst teams in EPA on first and second down but they are amazing on third down which I think is going to be a really interesting matchup because it's a complete opposite for K State we do pretty right. well on first and second down but third and fourth down we're just I think we're probably I think we're the worst in the big 12 but I to if you could talk a little bit more about the Oklahoma State defense and what we can expect as K State
2: fans. Well, I mean, like I said, they're they're uh, Oklahoma State's really utilized the bend but don't break mentality. Um, they did it a little last year, but again, you had a top five defense behind your belt. Um, they've really done it. I mean, it, in hindsight, you 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 look at you know points per game and scoring defense, not really eye catching as an opposing defense or as an opposing team. But at the same time, you look at. Oklahoma State's strength on defense, defense, and like you said, it's third down and a red zone defense. Oklahoma State forces a lot of field goals for opposing teams in the red zone. Um, a lot of, uh, like, not most, but a lot of Oklahoma State's um, touchdowns allowed this year have been in chunk plays. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I like I said, I think they, I think Oklahoma State has completely shifted its defense, um, you know, in terms to fit its strong suit kind of like it did last year with its offense. And, uh, you know, speaking of its offense, you know, you're you're seeing the offense win games as opposed to the defense winning, winning games for OSU this year. Um, so, I mean, like you said, it's a complete polar opposite defensive scheme in comparison to last year, but OSU utilizes its strengths pretty well.
0: Now let's talk specifically about this uh, matchup, Oklahoma State versus K-State. How do you see it from your side of things, um, what Oklahoma State? What kind of things are you going to be watching for? What kind of things do you think Oklahoma State needs to key in on, um, if they want to be victorious on Saturday?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, I I've been trying to, we've been trying to, um, also, colleague guys have been trying to keep up with the the Adrian Martinez news. I mean, Gundy expects him to play. Uh, a lot of people expect them to play, so. Uh, but, you know, one of the things is, you know, doing what OSU's done well, getting off the field on third down. I know K-State's solid, uh, especially with, you know, Adrian's uh, dual threat ability on uh, extending drives on third down. So um, I think that's definitely one thing that's some obviously, you know, the, the jarring thing is stopping Deuce Fun, which is almost impossible to do. Um, but, you know, K-State's also got a probably pretty talented uh, receiving core. You, know, you got uh, Phillip Brooks, you got Malik Knowles, you got some other guys who you know, have the ability to make plays and uh, big plays and be downfield threats for Kansas State whenever Adrian Martinez slings it. So, um, you know, I, I think primarily Oklahoma State's is, Oklahoma State's got to stop the run game, um, and that's that's some you know, is we, we, when we were previewing the season that was something we thought was going to be its strength. Well. Um, you know, obviously Oklahoma State struggled the uh, past couple weeks, uh, past three weeks actually. Texas Tech and TCU put on a prolific rushing attack on Oklahoma State, and Texas, of course, I mean, don't really need to speak on that when you have a two-headed monster like the Longhorns have. So, um, I-, I think stopping the runs, what Oklahoma State's got to do. Um, but at the same time, you know, the defense continues to progress in terms of communication in the secondary, but it's got to, it's still got to improve, and, you know, with. A team that's as good as anyone is on third down like kansas state as that's something that's got to improve as well
0: yeah definitely so uh thank you so much for taking the time daniel um typically we like to end these segments just you know um i know that we're foes on saturday but i think we can come together against a common enemy and go out of here just giving a big old horns down you guys did it to him last week so just give a big old horns down uh to get out of here thanks daniel
2: of course uh thank you guys for having me appreciate you guys
0: all right, that was Daniel Allen, sports reporter for the Ocali. Also runs an Instagram page, pokes.central, if you're interested in getting um, some Oklahoma State content there. Again, thanks to him for taking the time. We'll take a quick break, but up next on the Shakin' Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove, we'll do some Wildcat headlines, uh, go around the Big 12, gives our keys to victory, and a score prediction up next. And we're back on the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. Now we're here to talk about some Wildcat headlines, John. Let's talk soccer first. They played West Virginia last night. They did lose 1-0 in a 72nd minute goal from West Virginia. But But. we needed Baylor or Kansas to tie your draw to make the Big 12 tournament. And Baylor lost... One to nothing to Oklahoma State. That's right. So your Kansas State Wildcats soccer team will be making the Big 12 tournament for the first time in program history. Huge congratulations to Coach Beanie and the entire roster on a Grand, very, round of applause. very, very big accomplishment. Give
1: a clap and you we're know, going. Um, I mean, this was, this is a big accomplishment for a for soccer program. I mean, K State was inches. I mean, they were just they were like razor thin close to making it last year. Came a little bit short. This team came came away with a few with a few big wins in conference play, and they were able to solidify conference berth. Didn't work out last night against West Virginia, though. But uh, you know it is what it is. You're now in the position in which you're the eighth uh, seed in, in the tournament, uh, placing Texas on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and that I mean that 90th minute penalty kick by Riley Baker is what made the difference between making the Big 12 tournament and not making the Big 12 tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's a game of inches. Um, they will play number one seed Texas at eleven thirty a.m. on Sunday on Big Twelve now on ESPN Plus. So make sure to tune into that um, before you get your NFL Sunday football action. Um, volleyball, John. Um, one minute, one minute till first. <laughs> serve. As we're speaking, they are about to uh, go live on ESPN Plus. I'm sure you know director of video services Andy Leipzig, Um They're about five seconds from going to black before they go live, um, but they're playing second ranked Texas. Um, so make sure after we're done to go and check that out on Big Twelve now on ESPN Plus. Oh, uh, when was the last time um, K State's beaten Texas, John? It's been a while. It's been a
1: long time. Beaten Texas I like think, I want to say two thousand and three or two thousand and five. It's one of wow. the two years, but I like mean, ever,
0: it, like not even just like in Bramlage or at uh, Ahern or anything not, like. Uh, wow. I mean, they
1: won. They won it over Texas. I well, I think the last game they won against Texas was in Austin. Wow. I mean, they weren't able to beat Texas and Bramwichville I mean, yeah, they were they were close. I mean, they had a lot few five setters here and there, but uh, and one of what one of the seasons in which K State had a match point, but Texas just just came back and broke my heart as a K State volleyball supporter. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult matchup tonight. I mean, they Iowa. I mean, Texas came away well already with a road loss to Iowa State, um, but you know it's not it's not easy winning games and. I mean, they're still bringing in a lot of talent, especially Jordan Eggleston. About she'll, she'll be one of the um, top players, uh, receiving national national uh, national attention lately. Um, she'll be coming in. Um, we'll see how K-State's able to contain her.
0: Yeah, I mean, Texas did lose to Iowa State, so God's can bleeds, so you never know. That's right. Um, but losing two games, that might be that might be um, not great for Texas. Again, if you didn't catch the beginning of our show, we've already done a men's basketball preview podcast. Um, you just look up Shake and Blake wherever you get your podcast. Did a really good episode breaking down all the new transfers, the schedule, expectations, um, you know, what kind of home court advantage we'll have this year in the octagon of doom so make sure to check that again Shaken Blake wherever you get your podcast. Let's talk uh, actually we let's break down the uh, baseball schedule oh, that yeah. just uh for 2023 that just got released. If you could talk about that a little bit John.
1: Yeah, so the first but first week or two I believe K-State's in the state of Texas. They play Stephen F Austin to start the season uh down down there I and mean, uh they'll be playing in a in a baseball classic in Round Rock I believe They'll face LSU uh per, perennial power LSU I I should say they're historically a really good program Uh, you get Sam Houston and Iowa as well Um, and then you'll start off uh, the home slate facing against Army and Stonehill the thing that I found interesting is that it's not like it's not like a a typical three game series you face Army the first day then Stonehill the second day then you play Army the third day and then Stonehill the fourth day Hmm. Um, Stonehill and St. Thomas very new to the division to the division one ranks K-State will play them at home this year uh, and then you got some of the other uh, home games as well. You got Nebraska at home, Creighton at home, Wichita State, and uh, a slew of Big 12 teams that, that continue to perform at the highest level with TCU at home, Texas Tech as well. Um, and then you also take a trip to California in late April as well, facing UC Irvine. Uh, and UC Riverside as well.
0: Hopefully, their trip to California went a little better. Goes a little better than it did last year. Oh did, man, that was a those were a tough Bakersfield
1: uh, and Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, those were man. a tough
0: slew of games early on for the K State baseball team. We'll be looking forward to that when the time comes. Let's talk a little women's basketball, John. They uh, start off with an exhibition match on Monday. Um, they're looking to build off a very big tournament win last year against Washington State. Uh, unfortunately, again, John, no Aoka Lee this year dealing with that knee problem. Um, do have a lot of big returners, though. Um, you know, some of the young freshmen last year that did a lot of great things, Serena Sundell, uh, Briley Glenn, and Jalen Glenn are uh, all going to come back for their sophomore seasons. Emily Ebert's coming back for her senior season, um, as well as Taylor Lauterbach and Repper, uh, Rebecca Dallinger excuse me, returning as well. Cats have added a couple transfers to Jeff Mitty's squad. Gabby Gregory from Oklahoma, Gisela Sanchez, uh, from Arizona. Uh, I think Sanchez will be a key contributor with Aoka Lee on the sidelines as well as Taylor Lauterbach, obviously. Mm-hmm. Some new recruits on the roster as well. <clears throat> Michaela Parks, uh, Jamia Harris, Mimi Gatewood, um, and Eliza Maupin. Um, they had a really great first half of the season last year, John. I mean, they were a top 16 team in the country, yep. according to the NCAA. But, you know, after Aoka Lee scored 61 points, obviously people are going to pay all attention to Aoka Lee, and unfortunately, we just did not have the shooting on the perimeter to back it up.
1: I mean, yeah, what I believe the scoring offense was 140. nation, oh seventh gosh. in the conference. So, um, still a lot to work. Uh, still a lot of work there to be done. But you know, you do bring in a few transfers um, that are more plug-and-play ready. You know, former Oklahoma guard G- Gabby Gregory. She transferred to K-State, hoping for more, um, for some additional playing time after she had 785 career points with Fasuners. Uh And then you also got Sanchez from Arizona, who averaged uh, 2.9 points in her freshman season. Uh, but she does have international experience playing from Spain, and she also has three years of eligibility, so plenty of time for her to develop as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think, as I mentioned, Gabby Gregory's going to help a lot with the shooting on that end. Um and I mean I think we're gonna miss Yoki on the defensive end as well because I yeah. mean remember she was one of the best shot blockers in the entire Big Twelve obviously when you're that tall I mean
1: and she was just able to yeah. like pick pick the ball up I mean she just, <laughs> she just made a she she just made a light work and I mean you besides I mean when you take a Yoko lead of, uh, uh, off to the side you gotta rem- you gotta know this is a this is a really young K State team uh, that we saw last season. Um, I mean, along with Sundell and the Glenn, Glenn sisters, um, I mean, that was their first years in basketball. Not only are, are they playing a role, um, but not only did they play a role this year, but they're also playing a m- massive leadership role this season as well. Bri- Riley Glenn um, was an all-Big 12 freshman pick, and she averaged 8.2 points uh, and 2.6 per rebounds per game. and. Jalen Glenn, uh, she earned All Big Twelve Freshman of the Week honors at one point as well. So, uh, oh, and you also returned Emily Ebert as well. Um, uh, um, K State should have a, a a set starting lineup with with a top five um, with a top five leading scores returning as well.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something to uh, take some optimism for. Um, again, they open October 31st in an exhibition game against Fort Hays State. Mm-hmm. Their first official game is against Central Arkansas. Who did they play them last year and beat them like ninety to thirty four or something? I mean, I think we played somebody like that and just absolutely uh, just mollywopped them. That's going to be actually a doubleheader with the men's basketball team, so get some good bang for your buck there if you want to see double the basketball. They will open conference play on um, New Year's Eve at Texas. Which is a tough way to start conference play, but then you get a back-to-back home games against Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Would love to see this team make the tournament again, John, But it's still a really young team. There's still a lot of room to grow.
1: It it's still a lot of time to uh, really get things together, and especially with the League on. I mean, it, it's 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 not going to be easy, and you know, I mean, a lot of teams are going to be facing a lot of adversity when um, so, when someone falls at certain points. But you know, it's just all all in the game and. We'll just see how things how things go from a start. Yep, looking forward to that. Again, they start and the season October thirty first on Monday. And you are right. We K State hammered central Arkansas last year one hundred and three to forty. <laughs> <laughs> I remember and that like- was the first like that was the first game of the of a regular season as well. So. Wow. Yep. the exhibitions, <laughs> poor central, central Arkansas, <laughs> and you light light them up with 103.
0: They're coming back for more, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's go around the Big 12. Gone, oh, around the Big 12, John. I'm about Excuse me. With the bang Um, you know, so these games are definitely not as important as our game, but we can still talk about them. 11 a.m. ESPN, <laughs> TCU at oh. West
1: Virginia. We're starting with this one, John. Okay. Is this a trap game for TCU? i'd say I'd say probably in terms of the atmosphere West Virginia I mean Mylan Puskar Stadium it's pretty intimidating at times uh, we'll see how jt um, jt Daniels um, is able to bounce back for, for the mountaineers after having a brutal uh brutal showing uh, in, in Lubbock last week but uh, I mean, I'm not counting on West Virginia winning, especially <laughs> with Neil Brown as, as the head coach. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, they look they've really bad lately.
0: Yeah, I think Tony Mathis, their starting running back, yeah, is, out well. is out as Freaking well. Mathis is out as well. Freaking
1: TCU, man. Those lucky, well, I mean, th- Well, oh. I, mean, they, they, I mean, he knew that TCU was taking out players by storm. So, I mean, <laughs> he, do- he, he, he dodged. <laughs> he pra- yeah, he dodged I think he dodged, dodged the a bullet. Time, but I. TCU's gonna roll. I'm, uh, it might be, might be like a little bit of a high. I mean, of an upset watch, but
0: yeah, uh, I'm you, not counting on it. You never. Maybe it'll be a close game. We'll see. TCU was seven and a half point favorites in that one. 11 a.m. Fox Sports One. Let's talk about this one, John. <laughs> uh, Oklahoma Sooners heading to Ames to play the Iowa State Cyclones. Oklahoma Look. State are one point favorites. Um, this is a weird one.
1: Hey, 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 hey. How, 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 how is it Dan? there? <laughs> How is it down there? Now you know how Kansas feels. <laughs> um this this is an interesting matchup though. Uh I mean you get the best one of a one of the better offenses in the Big Twelve under D- under Dylan Gabriel against possibly the best defense in I in the Big Twelve in Iowa State. And then on the other hand, you just got two complete uh choke artists, pretty much for <laughs> reasons why they they've they've lost so many games this season, which Oklahoma's defense and Hunter Deckers in the Iowa State yeah. offense. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I just, I want to put, I want to say Iowa State just to make fun of OU fans more often. Uh, I mean, and I think, I, I think Iowa State's due to get a conference win eventually. I just have a feeling Oklahoma's. I mean, I feel like they're gonna pull off like another win or two and not put themselves in any Big Twelve championship contention or anything. Like that's out the window. But like putting themselves like in the middle of a Big Twelve.
0: Yeah, trying to make a decent bowl game. What Iowa State? What I mean, they're zero and four right now. This would put them at zero and five. They still got. Do they still play West Virginia? Um, uh,
1: yeah, they still got West Virginia. Have, that might be a win. Yeah, that I might think, be a
0: win. Yeah. Have they played Texas Tech yet?
1: Uh, Probably. They, I, I don't they have, have this, not played Texas. Tech
0: I mean, yet. so those are. I don't know. Texas Tech's been looking pretty good recently. So who knows? Speaking um, of Texas. Yeah. Tech. Speaking of Texas Tech, gosh, what a beautiful segue. Gosh, give myself a pat on the back. Six thirty p.m. I helped you out with that, buddy. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> You threw up the alley oop, and I be, I slammed be, it down.
1: Be, be grateful, buddy.
0: <laughs> anyway, okay, it's six thirty p.m. ESPN two Baylor Texas Tech. Um, this is I think this could be a sneaky good game. Mm-hmm. Two loss, um, Big Twelve teams looking to kind of you know sneak their way into possible title game contention. Mm-hmm. Still on the outside looking in, but um, you know, still two really good teams. Can Barry
1: Morton have three good games in a row? I'm gonna say yes. I've just not been sold on Baylor vi- this season. I mean they, they, I mean they got a big win over KU, a must-win game over Kansas. But at times they they just like very fraudulent this year. I mean not to any not to any Big Twelve championship standards. It, it feels like a toss-up game um, personally. But I think you, at the end of the day, I trust Baron Morton to make big plays. The game is in Lubbock. It's a blackout uh, for Texas Tech. Um, I think Texas Tech's defense. Well, I think they're they're, they're going to have to hold Richard Reese uh, in check to win this game. And if they can't, Baylor's fully capable of winning this game. But I'm I'm rolling with uh, Cactus Mafia, and I'm picking Joey McGuire to start one and against. I believe I think Joey McGuire. But he was his former his former mentor was Dave Aranda. Oh wow! Because he was at Baylor before he took the job at Texas Tech.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I think Baylor's woken up, but I don't think they're truly legit. i got to go with our friends, the Red Raiders at home. Um, so now that we've talked about some Wildcat headlines, going around round the Big 12, we will wrap up our show by doing keys to victory and a score prediction for K-State versus Oklahoma State, and also do a Wamego High School football preview up next on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. And we're back on the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. Wrapping look it up back. here, talking keys to victory score prediction for K-State versus Oklahoma State in a very big game. 2.30 p.m. Fox, John. K-State are about one-and-a-half-point favorites to two-point favorites, depending on where you look. Hmm. I mean, John, the way I see it, this is a must-win if you want to control your own destiny going to Arlington. If we lose this game... We're gonna we're gonna need Oklahoma State to lose some games and get very uh, get very very lucky, um, but we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Let's just re let's reestablish the injury situation. Adrian Martinez is a game time decision. Will Howard is good to go if he's needed. Daniel Green is most likely out, and then um, pretty much anyone else who got hurt, you know, your Ben Sinnett, Julius Brantz, Josh Hayes, they will um, play on Saturday again. Khalid Duke got the tarding call in the second half against TCU. He will be out for the first half. So um, my first question to you, John, before we kind of get into our keys is, with the health situation between Adrian Martinez and Will Howard, how many quarterback runs do you see Colin Klein kind of implementing into this offensive game plan against Oklahoma State?
1: Well, I I do recall Daniel saying earlier, Oklahoma State has one of the better run defenses in the Big 12. And, I mean, you know, if – k-state's not able to get martinez going i mean even even if he does play he might not be to the to the uh full full uh at full health so you're really gonna have to depend on deuce vaughn to have possibly one of the best games in his career uh and then either either martinez and or you gotta also get will howard to um put on put on the juice as well um just from my just from my perspective a little bit
0: yeah definitely um you mentioned how good Oklahoma State's run defense is, given the you know the health of our quarterbacks. Do you think there's an opportunity for whoever plays, whoever starts at quarterback for k State on Saturday to pass for th- more than 300 yards?
1: Mm. I think, I think, I, I think, think it's yes. possible. I think, yes. I, I think it's very possible, um, especially with, Will, with, with the way with we saw Will Howard, William play. Howard. If he, if, if, if TCU
0: first half William Howard shows up, I mean, woo. I mean, what he passed for like two hundred and thirty yards, I think. Two,
1: yeah, and I believe in the first half it was one hundred and eighty-five yards. Yeah, I
0: mean, obviously, like doing that is going to be pretty hard. But I mean, it's not like Oklahoma State's defense is any better than TCU's defense. It might actually be worse. I mean, so I I
1: also I will say that their run defense is a little more physical, but their but their passing defense, um, they've given up some they've given up some open plays. Uh, over over the past few weeks, and you know TCU. I mean, they're just completely lethal with a wide re- wide receiver position. Uh, they, I mean, Oklahoma State let Quentin Johnston run all over them, uh, and then on top of that, uh, they gave up a few big plays to Texas as well.
0: Yeah, and let's remember. I mean, Jason Taylor, um, who I, we talked about it with Daniel. He's their star safety. I think he was preseason All Big Twelve team. Um, he, I think, he will play on Saturday, but he's got that hyperextended shoulder, so he mm-hmm. probably won't be at a hundred percent. Um, Which goes into my next point. This is going to be a war of attrition with all of these injuries. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen in game? I mean, you know, fingers crossed. No, no, you know, neither injuries on either side. The main concern for me, John, and as I think Oklahoma State has far better depth than Mm K-State, I think that's a pretty fair point to say. So when both teams are banged up, you kind of have to favor Oklahoma State given the situation which i don't know why vegas they saw the the thing and then gave the favor to k state so
1: i don't really know about that um i mean perhaps maybe they're looking at it from from i mean maybe we're not just maybe from a k state perspective like you and i we're not looking at it from an oklahoma state perspective on how they are but you are right i think oklahoma State's depth is more manageable I I would I, I would trust a little more uh, I would tra- lean towards Mike Gundy when it comes to some of the uh, roster management situations um, and you know I mean even with a depleted roster they still found out a way to put up 41 against Texas um, I mean it wasn't it wasn't the best performance by all means but I mean you you still you still score 41 on a bunch of talent on the Texas defensive side and then on top of that. Uh, you you make you make the bigger stops towards Bijan and Quinn Ewers, uh, to seal the deal. And I mean, the passing game from Quinn Ewers was garbage. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yeah, um, it, it for the most part Oklahoma State did all their parts, even with a depleted with a depleted uh, team, and, and kind of similar to K State. I, I I saw this as well. It's those third quarter starts that that always uh slow down Oklahoma State as well, and. Um, I mean, same thing applies for K State as as well. Yeah, we've
0: um, already t- talked
1: about it a little bit, but John, um, let's go ahead and hear uh, what you got for your keys to victory. All right, so my keys to victory, I cannot stress this enough when I say this. Just act, just put your foot on the gas pedal yes. at all times, Preach. and let and let either Adrian Martinez and Will Howard let it rip. It looked so good uh, in the early on in the TCU game. Uh, it, when we saw Will Howard score on four consecutive drives, and then the next thing you know, we just put we just put the brakes uh, late late in the first half, and TCU was able uh, to really get gain some momentum right after that, and K State just wasn't able to respond. So um, you gotta let Will Howard get going. Um, you also gotta have you also gotta get Deuce Vaughn in space as well, um, and. In terms of a passing game, you have got to attack downfield and early. And I, I, okay, this is now this is a little bit interesting because I was talking to Anthony about this earlier. While I do think you want to get some big explosive plays, prove uh, a passing game going a down further downfield, you don't have to make everything a big explosive play. And I highly recommend they don't do that so as they can keep Spencer Sanders off the field and company off the field. Um, pretty much what K-State wasn't able to do uh, late in the game when Max Duggan took the field with with his squad as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just so frustrating when we get into the third quarter and we're running the ball twice and we're on third and seven. And it's just like, you know, I'd love to see if we get a lead, which we've kind of had in most of these games, you Mm -hmm. know, just put your foot on the gas and get a lead and run away with it. Coach, my heart can only take so much stress.
1: The... Oh my gosh! But you you did say some of those conservative play calls really has really given K State problems, especially on third down conversions. And you know K State ranks 114th in the FBS on third down conversions. That's thirty. That's 32 percent. Oklahoma State, they're number four in third down conversion defense. I mean they held TCU to three of thirteen, and they held Texas, one of a one of a what was expected to be one of the more explosive offenses in this in this conference. They held Texas three of seventeen on third down to a combined six of thirty between both between both games as well. Um, I would say um, from a K State defensive perspective, what's gonna benefit them is that Oklahoma State they're, they're gonna get b- more big plays off um, in the passing game rather than the run game. And you know, K-State. I mean, you, you don't have Khalid Duke or Daniel Green, um, but you still have a few key weapons that are more than capable of pressuring Sanders and racking up a sack or two. I think K-State ranks 23rd in the FBS and first in the Big 12 with 2.886 sacks per game. So I I believe this is going to come down to who's able to make the who's able to make the big time decisions, which defense is able to pro- provide a more more amount of pressure. As you know, some of the quarterbacks may be out of rhythm at times, and um, maybe out of their progressions. And while the pocket collapses, that that's really when when things will kind of uh, fall fall off. And I mean, we've seen Spencer Sanders probably at his best, so um, it's it's still possible Oklahoma State could just. I I, I honestly don't know.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned no Daniel Green, Khalid Duke, Khalid Duke out for the first half, which is even – I mean, we need Desmond Purnell. Uh, if, I think he's healthy. I think he got actually got hurt again in the TCU game. But he should be – I think yeah, he's able he to play. Sh- I believe he should be okay. fine. And then Nick Allen, who got a lot of playing time in the second half. Um, against TCU, he's going to need to step up and have a big game. Austin Moore's obviously been great. But, I mean, we need a big performance out of Nick Allen and Austin Moore, the linebackers. And, John, before we get a score prediction real quick, we got to talk about special teams, obviously. It's been tough. You know, the first two games we made big special teams plays hasn't been as much lately, mostly because they're not kicking to us and showing respect. But, you know, if we can make no mistakes or make some sort of play, and John, who I just pray, whoever's kicking for us, you know, whether it be Ty Zentner or Chris Tennant or um, Simmering, I can't remember his first name, just hope he makes it because if he misses, it's going to get, it's going to, you could hear a pin drop at Bill
1: Snyder Family Stadium. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and really, well, one of those kicks from Chris Tennant, I believe the first kick, it wasn't really his fault. I mean, what you, it was a Manageable fourth and two, and you could have ran Rubley or Gittins up the middle, possibly, possibly for a first down. But instead, you're trusting Chris Tennant, who has not looked too good lately against the wind, because that because the, everybody was was stressing about this on on the media. That Fort Worth wind was yeah. brutal for for a lot of kickers, and I mean it. I mean I I I don't understand why would you why would you. Why would you have been able to trust Chris Tennant at that point? But, um, you know, the, the kickers have got to step up. And, you know, Kleiman did point, did point out Tennant should be better the way he is. He's realizing it as well. Um, and if things are not panning out, maybe we could see a Ty Zentner possibly yeah. um, taking over.
0: All right, let's go to score prediction, John, before we move on to Wimigo High School football. <sighs>
1: Oh man, this is such a bad spot. I mean, I I, I pick K State almost every time. Oh no, I John! Pick, <sighs> you, I are you allowed I, to do this? It's, oh, no. it's just a bad spot. Where <laughs> yeah, it, with K State having all the injuries, I lean towards Mike Gundy's play calling. Spencer Sanders making bigger plays. I just I just don't know right now. I mean, there's just a lot of uncertainty with some of the players' health. Um, I am mean, expecting Deuce Vaughn to, to play to play a bigger role than he has in the past few games. And Will Howard, he's got experience playing Oklahoma State as well, but I just don't see it panning out. But just for the sake of this show, <laughs> yes, I was. So- I'm going to go K State. <laughs> uh, this is this was difficult like 2824.
0: Oh yeah, I like that. I'm going I'm going K-State 3128.
1: I think it's going to be I might need a raise to raise the score higher. A little dude uh, a little but, more high. School. It's going to be a really close game though, I think. I mean, I was on the verge of choosing Oklahoma State right there. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, you've heard our score of predictions and our keys to victory. Um, that wraps up our K State Sports portion of the show. Um, thank you so much for listening to this part of it. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Shake and Blake 785, Shake and Blake, wherever you get your podcasts. And Cats by 90. Cats by 90.